John Levine here on the 17th of February 2017 with an uncategorized recording which I think many of you might find interesting but for different reasons depending on the opinions that you already hold on certain topics or on certain characters within this scene that some people call the truth scene or the conspiracy scene or alternative research or whatever you call it or conceive of it as, I think that depending on how you see certain topics and certain people, you'll take different things from the call that is about to follow. Five days ago my time, on the 12th of February 2017, Jed Skeptic Media was hosting a live broadcast and with him were Jem Panda from England and Tim Osman, the notorious truth troll. And the call was taking place just after the leading flat earth promoters or profiteers or charlatans, depending on how you see it, had announced that they would be hosting this flat earth international conference later in the year where people could pay for tickets to go and listen to the leading flat earth people talk about flat earth and who knows what else. The four of us on the call all seem to have somewhat similar opinions about the flat earth scene and those who are promoting it and making money from it. So we spent the first 20 or 30 minutes, I guess, having a bit of a laugh about that. But eventually we started delving into topics where there was some civil disagreement. And I think it led to a good productive conversation. For a bit of background and for the benefit of those people listening on archive, I'll just give a brief rundown of my take of the other three people involved in the call. Jed Skeptic is a man who seems like he's in his early to mid-30s, and he lives in Scotland. And I guess he built a bit of an audience last year by first looking into the flat earth scene and chatting with some of the people involved in it, but slowly but surely realizing that some of the people involved were either leading a cult or wanting to be led by a cult. And he started speaking out against it, and that led to, I guess, some backlash from some of his audience. But generally, he has a nice predisposition, he's got a comical outlook on things, and uh, he's very easy to talk to and to listen to, in my opinion. You'll have to make up your own mind on that one. Then you've got Jem Pander, and he's one of these people who I would describe as a normie, in the sense that he believes just about every one of those 37 things that normies believe, an article which I posted to my website late last year. But in saying that, he comes across as intelligent, and he comes across as thoughtful, And most importantly, I guess, he seems willing to discuss ideas that many people simply cannot discuss. They're programmed to shut down or they just can't seem to get their head around this idea that there are people who would think things that the TV says you can't think. Well, this guy can speak to people who do have ideas that are different to his own. And I think by listening to these people, we can get a better idea of the way that their mind works. And I guess some of the things that they just take for granted that they've never had challenged until they speak to someone who is genuinely skeptical. So he was pleasant to talk to. Again, you're going to have to make up your own mind. And then, of course, Tim Osman. And I think many people don't quite get Tim Osman, which is probably the way that he likes it. But if I could make an analogy to the way that I see Tim Osman in this scene, he's kind of like the guy at the boxing gym who always takes things a little bit too far when you're sparring with him and you never really know what he's there for or if he's uh, even a good guy at all. But he does keep you on your toes and ultimately, after a few months or a couple of years, you're glad that he was there because by having him around, you were always forced to just make sure that you weren't slacking off. And could you be friends with him outside of the gym? I don't know, but inside of the gym, I think he does provide benefit to those of us who are there trying to improve ourselves. 
The people who are just there for a social scene, I can see why they don't like him because he's hard to be social with. But if you're there to improve yourself, which is really what I got into all of this for, then you can see that he does offer value, even if that's not his intention. Those are just my takes. You're going to have to listen to this for yourself to come to your own conclusions. But the topics that we cover include not just the flat earth scene and the topic of heliocentrism, but a whole bunch of other topics where many people take what they're told by TV and by school and by the authorities on face value, but where other people like myself and some of the people who are interested in the work that I do don't necessarily take what they're told on face value. And so because of the fact that not all of us come to this from the same area, the chat ended up going in different directions that I didn't predict. But having listened back to it, I thought uh, made for a good listen. And I can tell you that as a content creator, it is a difficult balance sometimes trying to match enough entertainment with enough information. And uh, I've certainly been guilty in the past of maybe going a little bit too far towards the information and not trying to be entertaining enough. But I think that's because I've also made the mistake in the past of trying to be too entertaining to try and get information out to people. And then later realizing that by doing that, you're only attracting the people who want entertainment and don't really care about the information. So it is a very tough balancing act. But sometimes you can accidentally strike that balance, as is the case, I think, with this particular chat. So I've said enough about it. It's time for you to have a listen. See what you think. This is from the Jed Skeptic Media Channel, again, recorded on the 12th of February. And we'll pick it up from when I entered the call. Well, hey, good explanation, Jeremy. I'm actually going to mute for a bit. We have been joined by the one and only John LeSchlong. Hi, John. Or or, or John LeGimp. There's about 100 different names that they've given me, and I think that uh, old Timmy's responsible for at least 70 or 80 of them. But uh, it's good to be here, guys. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Jed, uh, Tim Osman, and, of course, Jem Panda, one of the very few normies who I like to chat with. It's great to be here, guys. You guys must be excited. Guess what? In seven or eight months, we get to go to this big flat earth conference. I'll see you guys there. It's just $110 US early bird ticket, guys. Have you guys bought yours? I've bought 10. What? Oh, <laughs> You're having a joke? No, they, I've, seen, I've seen the advert for it. Who? Who's, who's behind this? T- tell us what you know, John, because I, I, all I've done is watched a video. Well, here's the story so far. It looks as though the lobe busters are involved, both Jaron and the effeminate Bob. They're both going to be there. The guy from Free to Find, what's that one? Um, the guy behind those scientism so-called documentaries, he's going to be there. Mark Sargent's going to be there. Patricia Steer is going to be there. So those two will be reunited. I hope that I'm in the same hotel as those guys are because that could be where the real fun happens. The rekindling of the romance, guys. You never know what might take place. And then there's maybe three or four others. So I think there's like 10 people on the books. Oh, ODD, Reality TV, he'll be there. So there's probably like nine or 10 people on the books already. And the early bird tickets are $110. But if you're really smart, you can get yourself a VIP pass, just $250 for a two-day conference, guys. That's the best deal in town. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Gotta love John LeBond, dude. That passive aggressiveness is beautiful, man. Did you hear me earlier, uh, John? I I did say that you are a little bit more clever than I in that regard. And I do like to listen to you to try to uh, sharpen my tools as well. Well, I appreciate (laughs) that, man. And look, I think you and myself, we've had our differences in the past, same as myself and Jeb. We might have once or twice disagreed. And Jem Panda, obviously, he believes in the moon landing so we've got obvious disagreements but i think we can all come together i realized what trouble i what a hole i was digging while i was saying all that when you popped up john but there you go no you're a nice guy anyway the point is i, I, I think love we listening can... to you when i'm not your target 
<laughs> well, I've, man, I've said to you before, I'm thankful for you. And there was like those two other people. This is about four months ago where you pointed out, because I was saying that that study says that there's no Africans in the study. I was uh, saying there was no Africans. There's actually like two Africans in the study, which to me is ridiculous, but it was like you helped me. It was constructive criticism of what I was saying. So I'm thankful for people like you guys. But anyway, the point of my story is no matter our differences, every sane person with a YouTube channel right now must surely be able to put aside their differences and spend the next seven or eight months mocking the living hell out of these clowns who are taking people's money to give presentations about Flat Earth. I'm not, that stuff I said before, that's actually happening. I'm not making this up, guys. That's actually a, they're actually having they, an international They have conference. an avenue. They have an avenue, right, to, to do hangouts all day, which they do. But, yeah, we need to all meet up and, and be, you know, this is going to lead credence to our movement. Come and meet all of the celebrities and bow down to them because they have, you know, because of their sub count. I mean, it's just these people are celebrities to them. In their minds, they're celebrities, dude. And, look, I someone sent me a Skype saying that they were doing this Flat Earth conference and uh, I saw it this morning and I was like, no, like I should have known better, but at first I was like, no way. So I clicked, I watched the video, I clicked the link. I, I'm pretty sure they're serious, guys. This is uh, October or November of this year. They're hiring a... Um, and someone left a comment on the Globebusters channel saying, 100 bucks, that's pretty expensive. Like, are you guys making money from this? And the effeminate Bob replied, no, we're, we're spending our money on this. We, we will pro- we'll probably make a loss. But, you know, if we do make money, then it won't be much money. And it costs a lot of money to hire a four-star hotel for a two-day conference and blah, blah, blah. And he was copy-pasting the same response to everyone who questioned why it was so expensive. These dudes are running yeah, yeah. a business, guys. John, They're John, running I, a business. Come I said on. Earlier, I said earlier that I saw Globusters in like a Jaronism, his little, you know, auto hoax tonight or whatever show. I saw him say, uh, actually, a troll account, a sock account with no no picture, no nothing says, you know, uh, is there ever going to be any Globusters merchandise? And Bob, with explanation points, the effeminate, he, uh, he said, He's like, yeah, stay tuned till Sunday. You'll see it then. You know, they're going to come out with merchandise, bro. This is. It this wouldn't is surprise gone. me one bit oh. if that was his sock asking him a, um, yes. like the, the uh, easy question. Oh, gee, is there going to be any merchandise? Gee, I'm glad you asked because coming on Sunday. <laughs> it was yeah, so obvious, John. It was so obvious. It was just awful. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a sock account with, you know, like three letters and four numbers sort of a, you know, that kind of a name, you know, like just where someone had just hit a load of keys and hit enter, you know, like this, um, this flat earth Vancouver BC guy, like I'm not, I'm not condoning his overall thing. I'm not trying to say he's good or bad, but he did make a good video that I mirrored a couple of days ago. And he was saying, how can you get journalism with 60,000 subscribers and lift the veil with 20,000 subscribers. Okay, there'd be some there'd be some overlap. Let's just assume that every one of lift the veil subscribers is journalisms. That's still 60,000 subs. They get 170 live viewers. Can people look at that and not realize that something is amiss? Yeah, still- mostly when when Dell, you know, goes on with flat earth dogmatism and has, you know, 120 130 talking to me, you know. Yeah, how how can Dell, this this poor lonely dude in Scotland or whatever, and <laughs> Timmy Osman, a troll, how can they get almost as many viewers on the same topic as the biggest name in the game? It doesn't make sense, guys. Nah, it doesn't. 
it was like prime time night too, probably nighttime J- in JL- America. J- JLB, what do you, what do you think about this super chat thing? I didn't know about that because I what happened was I just made a video, obviously mocking the 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 load busters. Check that out on my channel. It's called "There Are No Refunds on the Flat Earth." I just <laughs> I published it. Just in- <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm serious. I just uploaded it, nice, so, nice. so I couldn't. So I couldn't listen to the last hour of your show because, like, a five-minute video takes me a long time to make. So anyway, but I did catch the start of your show, Jed, and you were talking about this super chat, and I was like, like again, every time I'm like, no way. And ten seconds later, I'm like, I should have known. I should have picked it. They're actually going to let their audience pay them money to get their comments stickied, and you had better believe some of their audience will be dumb enough to give them money, like. I, I can see they're making a lot of cash from this, just quietly. I, re- I reckon this will be a successful thing for them. John, did you hear me talk about how uh, Jaron went over th- like 30 minutes uh, on that uh, auto hoax show he has? Uh, the last 30 minutes, he was telling people how to like log into this thing so that they can send Bitcoin to him. Bitcoin, which well, is completely a course off the books, right? Well, I'm not so sure if it is completely off the books, but when you say to me Jaron and Bitcoin in the same sentence... I'm thinking the same thing that all of us are thinking who've been here from the start of this. Moriarty. Moria, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. He was involved in some sort of Bitcoin fraud, wasn't he? Scam, it? yeah. Yeah, I remember. Allegedly, Jim Panda. Be careful, dude. He was yeah, allegedly right. involved in a Bitcoin scam. Where right. And you have to go back and read the threads because this is all on Bitcoin Talk Forum. And like, I haven't gone back and double-checked this for a while, but at the time I went and looked into it. All the threads were there. All the information was there. It took a few hours to read through it all and to like link up all the names and sort of double check what people were saying. But basically what these Bitcoin forum talkers were saying was that a guy had, it wasn't just a scam, it was extortion basically. Do you know what I mean? It was that, that's basically what they were alleging. So, you know, before I would invest in any Bitcoins to give to anybody uh, in the flat earth scene, I'd probably go and double check uh, this kind of thing because it's, it's all there. It's all documented. Do you think Bitcoin could be a scam on itself? The whole Bitcoin. By the, yeah, yeah. By the way, real quick, um, God, uh, Ed just brought it up in the chat uh, that it's actually uh, Sherlock Holmes, the Moriarty character, is is from. Now, if if you know Jaron, he's into reading like old books and stuff like that. So I wouldn't doubt that that was. <laughs> You know, like his cover name, because really, yeah, the threads basically are him telling his supposed story. And then there are threads against him basically saying that he's walked off with 80 grand. Right. So he had a house and then got a foreclosure. And I guess, you know, he also a month ago blamed it on Flat Earth. So uh, in the same basically paragraph as Morgan was saying that flat earth made him homeless so um you know and then you watch Morgyle. that's a whole nother thing man he's he's totally like pledging to just you know totally uh using them using like you listen to the music like this little piano and he like he's not religious man he's not a christian and he's totally pulling the heartstrings and get, he's literally getting money like they're saying whatever happened to his money. um to his organic fueled bus or whatever like, I just don't get how people forget this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you make videos saying that you want money so you can make an organic-powered bus to tour the country, I remember that. I remember that six months later. I remember it 12 months later. 
it's like these flat earth believers, they genuinely have goldfish memory. It's just, it's too easy to scam these idiots. It's flat earth amnesia, dude. I swear to God, I, it's, it's an actual mental condition, flat earth amnesia. Because yeah, I, I made this video I mean, called, it, Are You Smarter Than a Goldfish, right? Because yeah. just the other day, they were talking to Max Egan doing this trip from Australia to South America. Not long ago, these guys were saying that those flights don't exist and that that is proof of flat earth, right? Not long ago, they were saying that. Now they're live streaming Max Egan doing the trip that they said didn't exist. And what are they saying? It's proof of flat earth. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Goldfish, dude. If, if people are still into flat earth after... Look, if they're a newcomer, if they're a newcomer, I can see how it's very easy to get into it because they've never really thought about heliocentrism and they've never really thought about satellites. And it's very easy if people are sort of explaining this to you and then they say, oh, by the way, we're flat earthers. It's it's very easy for some people to get to get sucked in, right? So for the first few months, I say, look, that's totally cool, but eventually you have to grow out of it. But the people who've been here for a couple of years who still believe, they're gone, guys. They're gone. There's no... Do you know what I mean? It's... It's uh, it's serious, man. I feel sorry for these people and, and and anybody in their lives who's important to them, you know, especially these guys putting their children on screen. You know what I mean? Like that Poncho Pete dude legitimately had his son repeat flat earth doctrine in a live uh, broadcast. Like, imagine I've seen that. that, man. I've seen that. That's terrible. That's terrible. You know, like that that poor child, you know, like, hey, hey, what? there's nothing he can do about that, is there? You know, like if, if me or Jed or uh, Timmy Osman, we want to do these uh, channels, occasionally uh, make fools of ourselves or whatever. Who cares, man? We're grown adults. We can do whatever we want. But children, like it's just when you take a step back and think about it, man, these people are mentally ill. Like, and it's worse than mental illness because well, this is, and then people You're encourage you to. I think it is a mental illness. I, definitely. I think so too, yeah. Well, that, that's why I think that when I've talked to people like you guys, I think that that's kind of why we're still in it. And that's why a lot of people are still in it on the side of kind of shaming them because there are very dogmatic people that are obviously getting taken advantage of. And there are charlatans that are doing so. And the thing is, is they're, they're changing their whole axioms uh, with presuppositions and inductive logic. And they're always trying to, you know, prove flat earth, which is just a fallacious idea. It will never be flat. So it's not the objective truth and th there's no evidence for it. So, but, but they just, they really believe it. And they call us believers for, for knowing that there's tons of evidence for being on a globe. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you are a heliocentrism believer and that's a shame, but I mean, at least you're in the majority. So you like, you can tell people that you believe you live on a giant spinning ball and most people are like, oh, that's cool. So do I. You know what I mean? So even though it's a ridiculous belief, at least you're in the majority. But these flat earthers are in a tiny, tiny little, <laughs> like a tiny little minority where if they say that out loud in public, they've just gone and ostracized themselves, right? And so they start gravitating towards the flat earth channels and they start to think they've got friends and they're building relationships and, oh, these people care about me. You know, they read out my comments. Look at Patricia, right? She's come back and now she's making an explicit effort to read out the people who are in the live chat Right, she's like, oh, and with us in the live chat today, we've got, and she'll go through 10, 15, 20 names, like right from the start, trying to build this idea of a collective, right? Because those people have nothing else if they're now identifying as flat earthers. Like once you know what these people are doing, it is so obvious. But it's just like any of these things, like any cult, no one knows they're in a cult until they're out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they don't go to bed at night thinking, oh, should I stay in this cult? No, well, no, I'll stay. Like, no, they, they go to bed thinking that they're not in a cult at all. 
And that's what's happening with these flat earthers. And, and to me, it's very obvious. And I'm sure to you guys as well. Yeah, I, I think it seemed to sort of take a, a turn at the new year. I think maybe a lot of, a lot of flat earthers are, are sort of, you know, had to spend time in the real world instead of on YouTube at, at Christmas. And I think people sort of see it as a sort of a time of, you know, or maybe I should be doing something different or moving in a different direction. And it seemed like there's a few people seem to sort of drift off sort of as, as New Year came in. But what that seemed to have an effect with the ones that were left, like, like sort of Poncho, who seemed to sort of suddenly become even more dogmatic um, than he had been. He, he sort of felt threatened by that, I think. I mean, it's, it's only anecdotal. I, don't, I mean, I don't have any figures to support it, but it's kind of a, it seemed how that, that was what was going on. Well, okay, if, if you've spent much time involved in activism, what you'll find is that many groups who want to do good work, right, whether it's to save the environment or to uh, support a particular social issue or whatever, they're very welcoming of anybody, right, because they need to build their numbers, right? And so sure. no matter what the cause is, they'll quickly become more social than political. And I mean the word political in terms of action, not political in terms of um, government. You know what I'm trying to say? Like political in terms of action, right? They right. become more social then they do become active. This is just a natural thing, whether it's environmentalism or social justice warrior issues, any of these things, right? If you've been involved in activism, you know this. So what happens is these groups will attract lost and lonely people and they will accept them because they're a number, right? To the point where, like, I, I was once at a, a lunch with this group where one of their key uh, planks was believing in the Zeitgeist films, you know, Zeitgeist by, um, is it Peter Joseph or whatever? Yeah. One of the dudes having lunch with them, who's like one of their regulars, still believes that 9-11 was done by Osama bin Laden, right? Which even Zeitgeisters know is ridiculous. And I'm like, why is this guy, <laughs> why is this guy here? And they're like, oh, it's, it's about creating a, a good atmosphere for conversation. And it's like, it, when you feel you need numbers, you'll accept anyone. And when you've got nobody, you'll be accepted into anything, is what I'm trying to say. And so Flat Earth is no different in that sense, which is how it's attracted people like Poncho P. I mean, look at some of the people Patricia was interviewing, like episodes 40, 50, 60, right? Once she ran out of the big names to interview, and she was just ran, like, interviewing anyone who's uploaded any video about Flat Earth, right? And these are just like lonely people talking in their bedrooms or in their, in their lounge rooms or whatever. Just lonely people who are like, oh, yeah, I believe in Flat Earth, sure. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's totally changed my life. <laughs> I found the average age is probably between 45 and 50, uh, the flat earthers. I, I, find a lot, I find a lot of old people in it, man. Like, old, not old, but like that generation, that 45 to 50. I yeah, think like, But I think like me, JLB, uh, Timmy, and other guys in their 20, late 20s or early 30s are quite rare in this sort of scene. I think they're all in their sort of older they're older, man. Why is that? They're lonely, man. They all have their stories. Trust me. They all, you can see it in their eyes, man. You know, it's. Uh, I think there's another element as well, and it is that a certain group of people have more time on their hands, right? So if you're in your late twenties or your early thirties, then most of the time you're going to be working a career still trying to catch up with your friends, still trying to play sport. You might have just had children. You just don't have the time. You know what I mean? You just don't have the time to sit around. In most cases, there are exceptions, right? Whereas once you get to middle age, your children have left the house. You might be working, but it might just be part-time. You might not be working at all. By the time you're 40 or 50, you're more likely to have become disabled and now you can get on welfare. So it's just, if you just think about it logically, once people get to that age, 
they're more likely to be able to get involved in this kind of thing to begin with. Whereas people, like people might, why the hell is someone my age going to sit around for five or six hours a day on Google Hangouts? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what? It's just, it's very unlikely to happen. Whereas once they get to that middle age, they, you know, they, um, they've got the time to invest into it. And that's what they do. You know, so Good many point. of them. Good point. Uh, because that's, you see the pattern and it seems to be this, maybe with their kids have grown up and moved out and maybe they're, they're just trying to fill this gap where um, they need to be in a group again. Like, Careful, like, guys. You're describing me here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, I'm in my early 30s and I'm sitting in this flyer for hours at a time as well, so I'm feeling a bit ashamed of uh, myself, but um, somebody's got to do it, man. Dude, I thought the same thing. I've thought to myself at times, like even when I made that video sort of challenging Dell to a debate, which I know he wouldn't take, like he's smart enough to know not to get into a fight he can't win, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to give the guy credit. So yeah. I made that video and then I thought to myself, was that really worth the time that you're just putting? Like, you know what's going to happen. You could have predicted it. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. should have moved on from this a year ago. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it just sucks you back in this whole thing, doesn't it? You know? Oh, but the, guy, the guy's going to look attention right now. He is. He's going to look attention. Oh, they absolutely, he's like the new hero, isn't he? I mean, they just love him for but it. But me and Tim were saying this earlier that he is, he's, he's an imposing figure and he, he seems to right. be the, the strong voice, the alpha male for the, the weak people that, that feel that they can't speak, speak up. And I, I think you said the other week, Jed, that people don't like confrontation. And, I, you know, if you're going to go out and do this stuff in the street, uh-huh. you know, people aren't going to take you on, you know, that, Exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, to me, it feels like that he's ambushing them. Yeah. An ambush. Yeah, I think so. Even the way he stands, I was saying that to Tim. He stands like he's 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 ready for combat. Again, <laughs> yeah. even just the, way he, the body language. Right. Yeah. He's quite an intimidating, uh, intimidating fellow, especially all his tattoos and the hat and the denim, even the denim yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tattoos and the denim, dude. It's oh, classic, it's like, man. Like, if you're going to go to the streets, can make yourself presentable and, <laughs> and even put someone forward that will be taken seriously. That's why I, th- I thought Nathan Oakley was a good face for Flat Earth to begin with before he got involved with Antonio and all that rubbish. But I thought he, if, if anyone was going to go to the BBC or something like that to pull up them about NASA or some, he would be a good face and a good voice. He could present himself, articulate himself well, but he's just a weirdo like all the rest of them. I did want to ask you, Jed, um, I thought, well, I've got the opportunity. You live a lot closer in the world to Dell than, uh, than I do. Oh. Is that, is that a fashionable thing wearing all the denim? Is that, is that back in? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, well, we used to wear denim, well, that that fashion in Edinburgh died in the eighties, I think. I think Jason Donovan kind of ruins the denim for people. <laughs> and Bross, Bross and yeah. Jason Donovan, they kind of killed denim for uh, for British people. Oh, okay, there you go. See, I, I thought that might be the case, but then again, I thought, well, maybe you know, maybe fashion moves faster and it's come back in over in. Uh, <laughs> over in Scotland, so uh, so there you go, mate. So yeah, nice a nice presentable character, you reckon, old Dell? Get him onto uh, CNN or onto the BBC, and he can sit there with his uh, finger, <laughs> with his finger tattoos, and then uh, and and then they can say, so you think the Earth is flat? And he can say, uh, well, I uh, that's what I put in the title of my videos to attract the idiot <laughs> retard to watch my videos, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and actually argue that case. 
<laughs> well, 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 what do you mean, Dell? Aren't you a flat earther? Well, I am and I'm not, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, boy, what a joke. So, uh, so we're cra- still here, so we can't as, really... As a, as a crazy stand to take, that's why I had to keep highlighting the seven continents in a pond, because by him saying that to that man, he was giving the guy an image in his mind of really a flat earth map, like seven continents in a pond. The guy's going to think of a body of water with seven continents. And that's then when you say to Dell, so that's flat earth then, he'll say, no, I never said that. It's like, well, what is it then? What is it? Is- yeah, that isn't the only thing as well. I mean, I, I've, actually, uh, I've actually made a video on it, just going through some of his arguments, but I haven't uploaded it yet. It's almost finished. But at the end of it, I went through and looked at all the things he said that that were just beliefs and you know it's all there you know from the uh the jesuit priests and the, they they put images of an earth where you could fall off in in people's minds and uh, the, the nazis founded nasa and do you know what i mean it's just one thing after another if you go through them all it's just tons of it you know just building this whole massive conspiracy you know that you know, he's got no direct evidence for any of that. It's all well, that's what I was trying to say earlier, is that basically they have to ad hoc everything to be this right. giant conspiracy because of their presuppositional arguments. Right. I mean, his arguments are very easy about, you know, the water flat. And I mean, that's all he has. But right. like John says, is he will not, you know, he will not take the stance of flat earth. You know, we he says that water doesn't conform to any any uh object at all so i mean it's it's it just doesn't make sense at the end of the day when when he's asking everybody to come on it and give him proof when he has all of these just ridiculous ideas of the earth in the first place like at this point i'm just like dude just think that i don't care man like why the fuck would i care seriously where are you gonna get with this it's not the truth where are you gonna get with this you're gonna literally make yourself look like a fucking ass for years on end dude you know, in your own public. So you know what? The joke is on you. You're going to be chasing your little tail with your little presuppositional inductive arguments, and it's just, it's the jokes on him. So that, that's, that's where I stand. That's what I always think that people forget: is this stuff, this all this stuff, could be here forever. You know, it could be here in like fifty years. You know, his grandchildren. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, look at granddad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what hey I mean? Jeremy, I, I told I told Nathan Oakley I was going to build his uh, his family a nice little uh, internet time capsule of Poppy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's literally him. You know, he doxed himself, showed his likeness, his face, his voice, everything to try to make some kind of credence, and then he's going to go and act like a fucking asshole to everybody. So you just completely shamed your own self, you clown. Like the joke is on him too. It's just great. It's funny. I guess that's why I'm still around, guys. But try to help yeah. some people and watch these guys make absolute asses of themselves. Oh, I noticed Nathan Oakley's been trolling you quite a lot, um, Tim. Oh, he's the only person. Everybody comes on. All the flat earthers can come on and say whatever they want, as long as it's not too grotesque or about children. But uh, he he's just banned. He's the only person banned because I'm just not going to have it. I don't care. There's there's no reason, you know. He's gonna have little 
uh, sessions about talking about narcissists and psychopaths when he is one or the other or somewhere in between. It's kind of a fine line sometimes. And uh, I, think, I, th- I think just your reaction, how upset you get by him is kind of proof that something must have happened. Okay, and there must be truth behind your brother and things like that if it uh, affects you. Well, it really, really, that shouldn't even come up because the, the question is really – even if it's not true or true, which I've shown pictures of him, Kandahar Airport and shit like that, uh, on Free Chan uh, at Christmas time. So it's like, uh, you know, there's not much more proof that I can provide. But the, the thing is, is I, it kind of came out in the Mark Sargent conversation. And, you know, I probably would take that back. But at the time, I was under the conspiratorial mind and I was like trying to be real with him. Like why, did you, why did you say it? Why did what 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 came up in conversation for you to sort of spill your heart? Can you got to go listen to it. You got to go listen to it. it. It has to be listened to because it's it's a conversation between two people. And like I said earlier, I was upset of, in my own gullibility to listen to these people and have them fool me for a couple of weeks. So and then, then I see what it genuinely trusted these people. Yeah, the conspiracy crowd, everything, man. I mean, the, you know, John LeBond, me and him have been around for, I don't even know now, three, four years, at least in the whole Truth or Troll community with Jeff C., which, which, by the way, John, I was talking with Jeff C. and BZ True Talks live hangout last night. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we were around, man. So uh, we, we saw all the transformation therein. Uh, the, the plane hoax that, you know, split it, and then the flat earth, that's that completely fractured it completely. And now it's just, it's all auto hoax. So <laughs> anybody that thinks that they're in some kind of truth movement, that's going to get anywhere. You are all tarnish. You're literally tarnish. You have flat earth. You have fucking everything's a hoax. No one's going to take you seriously because you're a poor researcher and you're a dogmatist. Drop the, just drop the mic. If I can uh, just add to that, though, anyone who's interested in the experience that I had with the Truth Movement and that uh, Tim, the so-called Truth Movement that Tim had, we had an impromptu chat, I don't know, what, three months ago, Tim, four months ago, and um, and we discussed it, right? And Tim, obviously, I'm not going to speak for him, but just from what he just said there, it sounds like he felt aggrieved by misleaders, deceivers, intentional or otherwise, uh, with the Flat Earth stuff. That's how I felt about the the so-called Truth Movement and, and what they were doing. And it's very easy for people, and this includes me, to get sucked in to thinking that this guy on YouTube is actually trying to do what he's doing because uh, he has the same values as me because he's trying to make the world a better place, right? And then we start to overlook their flaws. And I made that mistake. Tim has made that mistake. I think most of the audience, if they're being honest, at one point they've made that mistake. And I think for me, it's just a matter of, well, I, if I was dumb enough to make that mistake, then anyone's dumb enough. So why not every now and then try and make a video or point out, hey, this person just lied to you or this person just changed their story or this person just asked for money for something that they've asked for money before and last time they didn't do what they said they were going to do. So do you know what I mean? Like you're not going to change any one person's mind, but it's almost like once you've been conned, you either walk away like a coward or you say, you know what? I'm going to try and help others learn from my mistake. That's how I see it. Mm. That's a good point, man. And I think, and then, some, and then sometimes Timmy trolls me on my channel, and I think he's lost the plot again. So we're not on the same side, guys. We, uh... <laughs> well, you're going to say, going back to heliocentrism, Timmy. Like, 
I, I reckon you are trolling. I reckon you're trolling when you claim to believe in dinosaurs and heliocentrism, dude. Like, I'm not trying to get into an argument about it. Well, but, you know what? You, do you listen to Jay Dyer, bro? Yeah, I think Jay Dyer is fantastic, man. Jay okay, Dyer, yeah, I think, he's, is he's head great. and shoulders above the rest right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree too. Actually, anybody that's listening, go look at Jay Dyer's work. Um, go listen to somebody that could be what you're looking for in the so-called truth community. Somebody that is philosophically minded, but also objective about trying to get to the truth, not just, you know, getting views or, you know, auto hoaxing everything for views or anything like that. Um, and he even, I think yesterday had a, a debate where he brought up the dino hoax, which was funny because it was statism versus uh, anarcho-capitalism. And uh, he didn't say anything about statism, but yeah, he's, he's talking about dino hoax. So, you know, that, that leads a little credence to me, but you know what, knowing me, I'll go, I'll go anywhere to go find uh, the truth, dude. I'll go where I need to go to find if there's actual dinosaurs. And I actually thought that just the other night, it was kind of a conspiracy. I just kind of, came into my mind like what if <laughs> what if the the uh the dinosaur bones are actually like you know uh resemblance of like giants that actually lived you know that were in the bible and stuff so i i don't know i've heard one person tie that in but um, well timmy if you, you know, want to go i don't and think see, there's much evidence dude if you want to see the evidence or otherwise for dinosaurs you need to jump on a plane get out here to brisbane because in less than two weeks man i'm driving into the middle of queensland to document the headquarters of dinosaurs in Australia, the capital, the epicenter of dinosaurs. And I think there's a lot of fakery going on. And a bunch of my supporters have crowdfunded my trip out to go and document oh, this nice. to make a feature-length film. And my boy Lucas, he can't come with me because of work, right? He was meant to be the cameraman. It's not going to happen. I need a cameraman, dude. So you need to get dude. your ass a plane ticket out to Brisbane. This is going to be epic, my friend. I'm going to be I'm about uploading. to go literally into the jungle, bro. Um, literally the worst time in my life to, to propose this on me. I wish it could be later and I would come out there. Man, I'm telling I'm you, back, it's been I'm back in April. What I'm trying to explain to people is uh, the truth movement is bullshit. Most of the people involved are bullshit. Most of them are just, they're well-meaning fools, but then there are some intentional deceivers. But overall, they're going nowhere. It's not a movement. It's bullshit. But there are some good people involved and there is some good work that can be done. And I'm going to be evidence of that. I'm going to be proof of that. I'm going to go and film this stuff in the middle of Queensland. If people want to go and look at the research I've already done, it's all on my website, all available for free, johnlebond.com. I've already done all the research, man. These guys, they're telling some very crazy stories, man. They reckon they found two different species of dinosaur and two different meteorites on one farm property over the space of a few years without even digging. They just tripped over these bones. They tripped over these meteorites. They got millions no way, of dollars, dude. millions of is, dollars of government That is kind of suspect when, when you kind of couple that with, you know, no Indians or anybody really stumbling over this shit till what, the 18 or 1900s or whatever, supposedly? They reckon that the Indigenous Australians were here for 40,000 years. Now, that, I don't believe that nonsense either, but that's their story. So, wait, so the Indigenous Australians were just wandering around for 40,000 years <laughs> and just never noticed this almighty giant, uh, they call it a Wintona Titan. They never noticed this giant Wintona Titan just laying there dead. It's ridiculous, dude. And they get millions of dollars of government funding and no one's ever gone and asked them any questions until now. So that's what I'm going to be doing, man. And it's all crowdfunded, dude. I am an independent filmmaker who's crowdfunded because my small audience believe in this stuff. Do you know what I mean? They want to see real good work done. How cool is that? Nice. You compare that to these charlatans pushing flat earth and uh, saying, give us money for these balloon. What the hell would a balloon launch prove, guys? Can someone explain this to me? 
even if they did one successfully, which they won't, what would it prove? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Jeremy. Hey, little G- Jeremy, yeah. what do you think about the dinosaurs existing? Oh. <laughs> I was really trying to avoid. I was in a car accident today. I was really trying to avoid getting in an argument. But no, um, no, no, I'm interested because I know I know certain people, but I know you'll be really skeptical about it. So I'd be interested. Well, well I, 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 I think there's good evidence that they existed. Um, I mean, I think uh, the point that John was making. I mean, there's this geological activity all the time. You know, there are floods and erosion and. Uh, you know, earth, earth movements all the time. So, you know, that can reveal um, uh, new, you know, it can reveal things that were previously hidden. And, and, you know, that happens all the time. But what I never really understand about it is that, you know, I can go out and I can pick up a fossil. Um, I can pick up an ammonite or a belamite or, a, a, you know, a prehistoric mussel. Um, so I don't really understand where the line is drawn, where where the fake fossils start and the real ones that I can go and find on beaches, assuming that there isn't a, a conspiracy theory surrounding those. That you know that there are some some fossils that are, are clearly real. So where how old are they? How how do you know how old they are? Well. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think that's really that relevant but, to the point. I would say it is very relevant because we're being told that these dudes have 70 million year old bones. So if you're trying to say that you have something that's similar to that, that's fine. Just how do you know that's, that what you're finding is uh, millions of years old? Well, it does. Like, I think that's irrelevant to the point. I, I don't see why that's relevant. What, can things fossilize? Yes. That is obvious from the fossils that you and I can find, surely. The issue, isn't, the issue is not whether things can fossilize or you know, mineral deposits can replace what used to be bones, right? That's not what's at issue here. What's at issue is that there are people claiming that they've got enough of these things to prove that this gigantic creature, entire species of them, right, used to exist and roam around 70 million years ago. So it's not as simple as right. saying, oh, we've got fossils. They're weaving a story about these fossils about what happened millions of years ago, well, no, and that's, teaching it to children. But that's not what I'm saying, John. What I'm saying is, where is the line drawn? Are, are we agreeing that ammonites and belamites, the common fossils that we can find on a beach, are, are we agreeing that they are uh, the fossilized uh, remains of uh, a creature that lived in the past at some point w- without pinning any dates on it? Sure. For the sake of argument, let's say that's exactly what they are. Then what? Right. So, uh, as we can find other types of fossils, where is the line drawn? Where, where are the ones, where do the fake ones, uh, where do the real ones stop and the fake ones begin? Well, you don't even need fake ones. You don't even need to say that these people are making fake fossils, right? That's not what's at issue here. We can even take their story about these physical items that they've found on face value and say, okay, yep, you have found something. Okay, you tripped over it, but let's just give you the benefit of the doubt here. You found it. Now, please tell me how you know that that was a living creature. And also, please tell me that you know how long ago it existed. That's where the issue is, dude. So right. why, why, why would they fake? It's, it's like the question, if, it's the same question like Flat Earth. Why would they fake this? Why would they fake to the people that giant lizards existed? Very good question. So I guess there's two ways to answer that. 
more like on the macro scale, on the broad scale, the whole dinosaur story came around the same time as ever human evolution theory, right? So you imagine when you're trying to convince people who up until that point did not believe they evolved from uh, from whatever the evolution story happens to be at the time, they just believe that humans were made this way. You want to convince them, no, 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 we, we evolved over millions of years. And guess what? We've got these dinosaurs that did the same thing and they went extinct. The two stories go hand in hand. But I'm not really so worried about the macro scale. I'm more interested in the micro. And that was the 1850s, by the way. I'm more interested in the micro scale. This particular dude out there in the middle of Queensland has received millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in government funding to build this museum, right? And the entire town, their entire economy is dependent on it, right? So there's a huge vested interest in these people every few years finding a new dinosaur, which is exactly what they do, right? And if, and if it is, if, and I'm not saying that there's definitely uh, shenanigans going on, not definitely, I'm going to investigate, right? But if it did turn out that a few locals got together and said, hey, uh, did you hear about that dinosaur find? Uh, we, can, we can do something with this. I wouldn't even hold it against them, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, these guys are evil or whatever. A few million bucks is nothing compared to all the other scams that are going on in the world. So, you know, like, you know, whatever. It's not a, bi- it's not a big um, moral thing to me. It's, a, it's an element of can you get away with telling the world that you've found a new species of dinosaur with practically no evidence that that's the case? That's what's interesting to me. And I've read their scientific papers. And to me, the answer is definitely. And if people want to check what I've done so far, again, just go to johnthebond.com. It's all there for free. I've read through scientific paper after scientific paper, newspaper article after newspaper article, and I've compiled it all nice and neatly for anyone to review. And if someone reviews all that information and says, yep, Having looked at all this information, I believe these dinosaurs are real. That's fine. That's totally cool. I'm not trying to change the world here or I'm not trying to bring down the dinosaur establishment. But I think a lot of people, if they're being honest, they're going to say, actually, no, I, I don't. I, really, the scientists gave him a tick of approval on this one? Yeah, he got, he got like three scientists to sign off on that one. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. And they all, they all sort of know each other and they're all on first name basis. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe this one anymore. You know, and that's, for me, that's the point of it. If the dinosaur conspiracy exists, this would be a worldwide thing, or is it just for Western countries? Is it just, or is this a worldwide synchronized conspiracy? Excellent question, man. The epicenter in the world of dinosaur fakery started off in the United States and in England, obviously. Now the epicenter is China, right? Uh, Scientific, so, and people don't know what scientific papers are, but basically, uh, scientific uh, article after scientific article, peer-reviewed, which just means, like in some journals, a peer-reviewed just means that one peer, one anonymous peer has reviewed it. I don't think people realize what the peer-reviewed process is, right? But in China, there's peer-reviewed paper after peer-reviewed paper coming out with all of these new species of dinosaur. Like, it's almost like week after week, they're finding new species of dinosaur. And that should make people think to themselves, hold on, the Chinese are meant to be a thousands of years old civilization. And unlike the indigenous Australians, they were actually pretty advanced. Are we meant to believe that there were all of these bones just lying around that no one, like no one walked across in all this time? And then, then you look into how much fakery there is in academia. Like it's, it's been admitted, like in the New York Times and, and other mainstream establishments, how much of the so-called peer review process is complete bullshit. How many of the uh, studies can't be replicated? You know, how poor the so-called peer review process works. Time and time again, it's all nonsense. Like you can get you can get a peer-reviewed article published in a in a scientific journal. People have done this, like to prove how easy it is. And you can write complete nonsense, and you'll get it through as long as you pay the money, right? And at the moment, all coming from China, dude. China is the epicenter of this nonsense. So, do you think China 
is faking it more for us rather than their own people? That's a good question, man. I don't know. Like, you, you think about what it is to be a, a scientist. It's a job, right? So if you're paying me to dig, uh, to dig ditches, you tell me where to dig the ditch, I dig the ditch, right? You, uh, you're paying me to work on an assembly line. You say when the body gets here, you put the door there, right? I just keep doing that all day, right? It's a job. I'm just doing my job, right? You look at scientists and they need to get published, right? In academia, you've got to get published. You, if you're not getting published, you're not succeeding in your career. That's just how it is, right? And that's not just for the scientific fields. That's in, uh, that's in most um, faculties within a university. You need to be getting published. And so if you're a paleontologist, what are you publishing? <laughs> like, think about it logically, guys. <laughs> like, you, uh, you want to be publishing uh, a new species of dinosaur. You want to, and they call it describing. Like when they name a dinosaur, it's called describing. You want to be publishing papers where you describe a new dinosaur species, right? Like it's, it's incumbent on them just in their chosen field of work to be finding new dinosaurs. Now, they might be finding new dinosaurs. Maybe they, maybe they are. Maybe they are. But no one takes, very few people take the time to go and double check the papers. So what I've done on my website is I've cut out the photos, like the images that they've provided in their scientific papers. I've cut them out and uploaded them to my website. So you can just like read the article. It's really simple. And just look at that image and see that image where it doesn't even have a neck. There's no neck bone. There's no vertebrae. And they're claiming that this is a long-necked dinosaur. Do you see any problems with that? Like use your brain here. They're claiming that this dinosaur, they've only got the, the bones, the fossils in white. Notice how there's no white in the neck. They haven't got any vertebrae. So they're openly admitting that none of the fossils they've found are neck vertebrae, but they somehow know that this is a new species of long-necked dinosaur. Use your brain now. Do you see any problems? And I think a lot of intelligent people will say, yeah, there's, there's one obvious problem. How the hell do you know the length of the neck if you don't even have any vertebrae? You see what I'm trying to say? And there's just example after example after example. They don't have any vertebrae or they don't have any neck vertebrae. Do you want me to screenshot for you, dude? Sure. No, I'll just, just clarify that point if you can. Let's, uh, let's, dude, let's screen share it. You see, what, what happened was my mate Lucas, he came up with this idea. Because he, he's, uh, I don't want to say he's a normie, but he's more of a, much more of a normie than I am. And he was listening to me talk about this dino fraud. And he's like, well, why don't we just go out there? You know what I mean? Like, why don't we just go out there and, um, and investigate it? It's like a 1,000-mile a trip into the heart of Queensland and back. I didn't even know this place existed. So we've been talking about it for a while and then eventually we planned to do it. So I had to do all of this research for it. And the story just went from, from silly to like to bonkers, like to the point where even you, Jim Panda, I reckon even you, if you were being honest, you might not say so on the air, but I reckon you would get to the point where you'd be like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, don't know about this. You know, it's, it's, um, but the, Jim's, yeah, is open, Jim's open to uh, fluoride. I will give him that, but everything yeah. else he basically would, it took a would while, be a normie yeah. to you. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> is this is this screen sharing, guys? Can you see this? Yes. All right. So this is one of the dinosaurs I discovered. I think this is the Savannahsaurus, they're calling it. And this is straight from the scientific paper, guys. This is from the academic journal paper that was used to officially... Because you have to understand, there's no central organization that signs off on dinosaurs, right? All you need to do is get it published in the paper... And you're all good to go, right? And to get it published in a paper, like I've tried to explain, you only need a couple of people to sign off on it. It's, it's not the way that people think it works, right? Which is why there's no definite number of how many dinosaurs there are, because there's no central organization in charge of it all. So anyway, this is one that they supposedly found in Queensland. All of the white signifies uh, the fossils they claim to have found. So let's assume they've found the fossils, guys. Let's assume that these are actually fossils and that they've somehow pieced it together the way that it was millions of years ago. Look at the neck. 
Look at that. You've got one uh, vertebrae there we can infer. Where's the rest of it? How on earth can these people know that this was a long-necked dinosaur? Like, it's ridiculous. Because, and this because is actually they know from how a scientific... many vertebrae it had, and they can see the size of the vertebrae. How do they know how many vertebrae it had, dude? Because they all have the same. We all they have all have the same. same. Yeah, we all have the same number of vertebrae. Well, I think, we all uh, have the same in, number of vertebrae, in, do we? In dinosaurs, they do, at least. They do, do they? How do you know that? Um, I don't know. I'll have to check on that. But I would Yeah, you might have to check on that one, dude. And that's just one dinosaur. They've got three species there. This is another one. Uh, this might be the Wintona Titan. Again, no head, mus- uh, no head bones, no neck bones, not even any tail bones. How the hell can you have a creature with no tail bones and no neck bones, and yet you can know that it's got a long neck and a long tail? It's John, insane, guys. John, well, I, I think is, why, why, if you were going to fake um, skeleton bones, why not just fake a complete skeleton then? Hold on. Let me stop screen sharing here. Uh, let's see. How do you stop screen sharing? Can you? I think can someone you else do that for me. Screen share. I think you. Or there we go. Fixed up. It. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jed. I missed your question, man. Um, I was saying if they were going to fake making bones, like why would they fake just parts of a skeleton? If you if you're going to fake it, why not fake the whole lot? Well, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm not saying that they're actually. Um, making these fossils up, right? Because a fossil, a lot of people think a fossil is just an old bone, but it's not. The idea is that suppose suppose I died and then my, my skeleton sunk into the earth. Over thousands or millions of years, uh, the bones would disappear, but minerals would seep into their place and those minerals would become the fossils, right? That's, that's the idea behind it. So let's just assume that these guys have got mineral deposits that represent bones or fragments of a, of a, from a creature. Let's assume that they're not faking the finding of these things. You've still got the problem of how do they know how these things go together? How do they know how old these things were? How do they know that they formed a creature? How do they know anything else about the creature? These are the kind of things I'm interested in. Like, because they don't, a lot of people also think in their heads, oh, they just find these um, dinosaur uh, skeletons, like sort of assembled, like, a, like it's ready to go. That's not how they find them. They just find a whole bunch of these fossils right, scattered all over the joint, and then they recreate them. You see what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. And, like, a lot of people don't know this because when they're teaching us about dinosaurs in, in primary school, they're not teaching us anything about the science behind the scenes. We're just learning about the brontosaurus or the brachiosaurus or the pterodactyl or we're learning about the, you know, pick, pick, pick any dinosaur that you like. That's what you're learning about. And you're watching movies like The Land Before Time or Where Back or Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, 1993. We're investing into the stories emotionally. We're not being taught jack shit about the science. So what I'm doing with this film is I'm going out there to show you guys this is the science behind the dinosaurs that you all love. You know what I mean? It's kind of like shooting Bambi. I kind of feel guilty for it. But it's like, well, you know, someone has to do it. And what, what do you think if your um, video became mainstream and people started really looking into it and, and just say the powers of B said, yeah, we were faking them, what, what, what effect would that have on society? Like that dinosaurs were faked? Like, how would that affect education or the, the way people think about the past? Or yeah, that, That's a good question, man. Firstly, I don't think the powers that be or, like, whoever is in charge, like, whatever the structure is, because some people are like, there are no powers that be. You know, we, we, we pick the president and he runs a country and there's, like, there's no reasoning with these people. So however, however society is organised, I don't think there'll ever be a public admission that the entire story of dinosaurs has been uh, fabricated or embellished. And my, my film isn't even so much about the macro story. It's really about the, 
the micro. But in terms of my film, dude, I'd, I'll be very pleasantly surprised if my film gets seen by more than a, a few hundred people, right? Like all the members of my website obviously will get access to it. If, if, they're very, if the feedback's really good, I might take it to a film festival or something like that, like maybe a, a local film festival, like um, maybe on the New South Wales coast or something. And, and that'll be that. Like I'm not, I'm not expecting this to, to be big. Or, most people don't care, dude. Like I know, but by putting putting your uh, vid, uh, film into a film festival, that'll get that could get noticed, and that could spark something. Big. Look, it could, it could. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be um, cynical. Like who negative, else? Who else is leading the way? And like trying, nobody, trying nobody, to... Jed, nobody is, man, nobody. Like even if you just just Google now dinosaur hoax or whatever, the best that you'll find will be from Eric people Dubai. who are trying to. It'd be from Eric Dubay. Or it'll be from people who are trying to push other nonsense, like they're trying to push, you know, uh, young earth creationism or whatever. Like they, they can't just give you information on this one area. And then even Dubay, and I, look, I've, I've said many times I like Dubay, I like the work that he's done. But even Dubay, if you read his book, Flat Earth Conspiracy, which is where his dinosaur stuff is um, located, in his book, Flat Earth Conspiracy, he also pushes giant human um, skulls, like giant human creatures, right? Like he actually has a chapter de- de- uh, devoted to it. Most flat earthers don't know that because most flat earthers don't read books, right? But Dubai, like the preeminent flat earth, um, the closest thing they've got to uh, to an academic, like the closest thing they've got to someone who actually does research, his book is pushing giant creatures, right? So if you actually want just skepticism, not trying to push belief in something, but just an analysis, like a review of what's being said by science and some of the potential problems of it, there's literally nobody doing this, man. Nobody. Like if you wanted to make money, the best bet wouldn't be to debunk dinosaurs. It'd just be to get together with the local mayor of your town, find some dinosaur bones, and get some government funding to build a museum, dude. There's these dinosaur museums all over the world. It's like a cottage industry. There's, there is no one asking questions about these things, not properly anyway. Nobody, man. Like, it's, it's incredible. It's hard to believe. Have you, have you asked anyone in the general public about that? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously... Dinosaurs are fake. Yeah, well, obviously, I'm you know I'm doing this film. It's a pretty big part of my life. Like, I um, I'm setting aside a whole ton of time dedicated to it, right? So it comes up even just with friends and family. And so I'm I'm smart enough to broach it. It's like um, I don't even try and suggest that all that all dinosaurs might be mischievous. Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't go down that path. I just sort of say, well, what if I told you that there was a man who found two species of dinosaur, two separate species of dinosaur in his property? And some people are like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Some people are like, oh, that's, yeah, well, what else? What if I told you that he got a couple million dollars worth of government funding for a museum? Usually that's when they go, yeah, well, that, that could be suspicious. Then sometimes they come back to me with, well, what about the peer review process? And if they say that, I just, I just sort of leave it because uh, that's a faith that people have. Most people have faith in the peer review process, don't know how it works, so there's no point trying to argue it. But the people are like, oh, yeah, if there's money involved, I guess it could be dodgy. I'm like, what if the same dude found two different meteorites on his property? And usually that's when people are like, yeah, I, I can see where you're going with this. And they, they won't try and, like, they can see where I'm going with it. They won't try and argue it with me. They, they can see that it's plausible that there could be some shenanigans going on. But it's very rare that someone will say to me, oh, let's sit down and have a chat about it. Because they, I think a lot of them, it's like, even if you could prove to them that there was some dude who was up to some shenanigans, uh, it doesn't really affect their life directly. And it's, it's not going to help their worldview. Like most of us, we want our worldview affirmed for us. We want to get confirmation of things we already believe. It's very uh, painful when a big part of our worldview is taken away from us for most people. And so when they cotton on that, oh, this could be big, it doesn't make them think, oh, this is amazing. I want to hear more. It makes them think, actually, good luck with the film. Uh, drive safe. And, and that's really as far as it goes. 
in my experience. It's a taboo subject, definitely. Well, it's challenging science, dude, and science is the modern religion. Jim Panda won't like me saying that, but that is 100% the case. Modern science gives you an epistemology, it gives you a metaphysics, it gives you an eschatology, like it's all going to end with the sun burning, it's all going to end with the universe collapsing on itself, like... They'll give you creation stories as well, like this Big Bang. Modern science gives it'll give you a moral system. It's like, oh, well, we're just animals who evolved to be this way. And like, modern science will give people all of the answers that religion gives people. Those are all right? theories, though. You know that, right? I know that. You might know that. Does okay. the average person does the average person walking past my window right now who thinks he evolved does he does he understand the first thing about what a scientific theory even is? No, he just accepts that the smart people with the white coats have worked out the truth. And if it wasn't the truth. Someone would have told him by now. And those crazy, those crazy Christians who knock on his door, they believe in all kinds of crazy shit. So since he has to choose one of the two, he's going to choose the, the majority opinion. You see what I'm trying to say? I agree, but can you, can you pose uh, something in, to the antithesis of that? I mean, is there anything better than what science is? Because it does represent empirical um, and a scientific process. Yes, money does get seeped into it, mostly in the pharmaceutical industries and such. But, um, I mean... Can you answer that? Yeah, so empirical, right? Where, where does the word empirical come from? It means your senses. If you look in the etymology of the word empirical, it means your senses, right? So mm-hmm. touch, your sense of feel, sight, uh, sound, smell, right? These are your, these are your senses. Not only that, though, but, it, but also instrument senses as well, and they can sense much, much more than us. You must throw that in as well. Fine, fine. I'm happy to go with that, right? The problem is that it's your senses, the moment that you start believing somebody else, it's no longer empirical. So if I go and I investigate something with my senses and I measure this and I measure that and I test this and I hypothesize and I try to debunk my own hypothesis and I do the actual scientific method, fantastic. If I then say to you, I discovered this and now, and then, now you believe it, it's no longer empirical. It's empirical for me, but it's not for you. And the vast majority of people who believe that they evolved from whatever or that the earth was created in a big bang like billions of years ago or whatever... They've got no, uh, they've got no direct sense, um, you know, uh, link with any of this supposed knowledge or these theories. They've just been told. They read it in a book. It's it is literally doctrine. Do you know what I mean? They are literally. We were indoctrinated. But that's at a, that's kind of a fallacy because it's it's their it's on their own onus to go learn about these and to do this kind of research, uh, by unbiasedly. You know, and, and you know full well that, that most of them won't. Well, you, yeah, I know, yeah, but that doesn't, know that doesn't prove anything either way. That just proves really that people are more interested in other things. Right. Yeah, but th- th- you're kind of changing the subject there. Like you asked me about empirical. I'm like, yeah, dude, I totally fully support the empirical scientific method. I think it's an amazing tool that we can use to try and learn more about the world around us, right? Now, Jay Dyer, your boy Jay Dyer, he'll say, well, the scientific method is one thing, but there are other methods. And I agree with him about that as well. There's the material understanding of the world, then there's the non-material. I'm totally down with that. But as far as the material world that we have goes, the empirical scientific method, I think is fantastic. The problem is that when someone tells you they believe that we live on a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun, they've got no empirical basis for that. All they've got is an appeal to authority, an appeal to consensus, a whole bunch of logical fallacies for believing it, nothing empirical whatsoever. So you either value empiricism or you don't. And I do. And my senses don't say anything about us being billions of years old or about hurtling around the sun or any of this nonsense. Now, if you say, no, no, your senses don't, but these other people's do, fine. But stop telling me you believe in empiricism. Start telling me you have so, faith in science. So, hold on. With, with, really primary, with primary knowledge, can, can you see Wi-Fi signals or radio communication signals? So, you know, you, you have to take some secondary knowledge 
um, because it is empirical that obviously you can't see it with your senses, but it, it, there is an effect, causal and effect, you know? Sure. And I can turn my router off and this, this I'll no longer be in this hangout, right? So there's something that I can still test. I can press a button on the router. My internet stops working. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that there are these Wi-Fi signals in the room, but all of a sudden I can start building inferences, right? Still using my senses. Yes. Now someone comes along and says to me, Oh, uh, did, did you know, have you heard about this? Uh, actually, the universe was created in uh, a giant explosion out of nothing. There was nothing, literally nothing. And then all of a sudden there was everything. And I'm like, uh, okay. I don't um, think that you know the Big Bang. Yeah. If, you're trying to, if you're trying to say that there was an ontological nothing, there, there, that's not what the Big Bang is actually proposing. Well, tell me what it is then. It's not an ontological nothing into something. Just explain what it is. Well, it's obviously a materialist way to... Uh, what was it? What was there before it. the Big Bang? Well, they don't exactly know. They don't. They don't know that all it is is a mathematical construct. We both know that. Good. That's all I wanted you to say is that we don't know, right? So that's why these people have theories, but that's not how the masses perceive them. The masses, the ma- the I average understand. person, that's true. The, the average person doesn't think more than one or two steps ahead, even in the way they live their lives, right? They go to school. They do thirteen years of school in my country, anyway. They think they're smart, and that's it, dude. That's it. You see what I'm saying? So you might know that it's a theory and they don't really know. I might know that. But everyone we deal with every day lives their life as though they evolved from simpler species and that the earth is billions of years old and that it's all going to come Again, to an it's, end. It's with on a, their own onus to do you know, more research onto it. it. It proves nothing that the masses uh, you know, like Kardashian as opposed to astrophysics. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mute point in my opinion. And it's the exact same in Christian cults. It's like, hold on, you guys actually, like, you don't really believe that Jesus walked on water, do you? And it's like, like, if you read further into theology, there are many great theologians who've had things to say about all manner of topics, right? About the morals and the ethics of living a good life and eschatology, the way it all ends. And like, you don't, you don't just take what's said in the Bible literally. Like, that's just one book, but the great theologians have much more to say. They're never going and reading the, the great theologians. No, they've got the book. It's a simple book. Their pastor says, we're going to read passage Luke 3, whatever today, and that's it. You see what I'm trying to say? It's the exact same thing, okay? The pastor at the front might know that there's more to theology than what's in the Bible, but the, the flock doesn't. Exact same with science. Jed, Jim, you guys here? <laughs> hey, yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Do you want to do you want to expand on any of his uh, logically fallacious arguments that he just tried to propose to us? <laughs> <laughs> he likes to sneak shit in, but I, I had a few bits on dinosaurs. Go ahead. We kind of Go moved ahead. on from that, so. And I'm feeling very. Well, I'm sure. Well, well, I would like to point out also um, to Jed, and if he doesn't know, and other people that um, Joe Rogan actually had a paleontologist. Isn't that what it is? Paleontologist um, on his show. Um, debunking Eric Dubay's actual video. And, right. Uh, I mean, the debunk wasn't. I think that's wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Well, it comes from Eric Dubay. I don't even think he's he knows that there's a southern celestial pole yet. <laughs> Seriously, he doesn't. But I think this the, one of the claims that he made, and and one of the things that John said, and I think it, it's not. <laughs> it's not it's not entirely wrong, but it's not entirely true. Is the idea that evolution and and uh, you know, dinosaur fossils came simultaneously, and and that isn't really correct. Um, I think there were there were. 
Well, some people say, and I guess this is weak, weak evidence, really, but some people say um, legends of things turning to stone and, and, as you mentioned, giants and things like that. Some people suggest that they, those ideas came from fossil finds. But beyond that, uh, there were early fossil collectors. Um, uh, Mary Anning is probably the most famous one I- in England. And um, she was collecting fossils. Um, uh, and in the, interest of, <clears throat> in the interest of transparency, selling them um, uh, long, long before Owen and uh, Darwin came along. You know, in, uh, I think she had a shop in the late 1700s uh, selling fossils. So... I don't think it's true that both things came along together, although ideas of evolution were forming that early on. So it's a little bit cloudy. Have Um, you heard the expression, she sells seashells by the seashore? Yeah, that's that's actually about Mary Anning. That's your girl, Mary Anning, yes. And so she wasn't hypothesizing that these um, giant creatures evolved over millions and millions of years. She was collecting fossils and selling them. And, and now history tells us that she's discovered all these dinosaur species, right? Like just this, this woman with no scientific training, just walking on the beach, discovering dinosaurs. Well, that's how it right? the first ichthyosaur. I think, I think that's what she's um, uh, credited with. Um, yeah, and then if you uh, and then if you fast forward to the supposed scientists, that's where you start getting these theories of evolution, which came around about the same time as the dinosaurs. And to give a perfect example of that, uh, Darwin's bulldog, right, was a guy called Thomas Henry Huxley, the grandfather of Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, right? And right. He, that was his. That was Darwin's bulldog, and we're talking here in the mid eighteen hundreds, right? And that was around the same time that Richard Owen coined Dinosauria and all the rest of it from there, right? So it was around the same time, dude. Mary Anning didn't um, – she, she was the one who came up with dinosaur theory, dude. Like, it's a bit – it's a bit um, like, I'm not sure if you're trying to, to mislead people, but that's a bit of a red herring, dude. Well, I think I would say likewise. I mean, she's, she's um, 100 years before Darwin, and she's finding dinosaurs, and the way you portrayed this is dinosaurs and Darwin, uh, you know, uh, and evolution. Uh, they weren't called the dinosaurs time. in her time, what, dude. What, like they weren't one... called dinosaurs. They were just, they were just fossils. Well, and she wasn't she was scientific. She was just some we, woman. Because we hadn't, decided, like, you know, we hadn't found enough of them to, to create the science of paleontology and, and, you know, call them a name doesn't mean that they weren't, that they didn't exist or they weren't dinosaur fossils does it i mean well, well we don't know if they were if they were dinosaur fossils though dude like if i wanted to go and inspect mary anning's findings where would i go now uh natural history museum in london yeah and uh, how many okay so we've got mary anning's um fossils on on uh, display there how long have they been on display at the National History Museum? Uh, I have no idea. This, this you don't know. That's the point, dude. You don't know. Like, you'll cite Mary Anning. It's, it's just like religious people saying, oh, but when the Gospels, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, hold on a second. Uh, we're meant to be having a discussion about what really happened here, about well, actual science. You know, it's kind of unreasonable to, to have every factoid, you know, on right. dinosaurs. And, I'm, and, yeah. and you also cited history. I mean, how do you know yours is correct then? Well, I'm saying I'm not convinced that history that we're given is correct. I think there's too many contradictions in it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm so skeptical of it. Whereas when people say, oh, no, 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 like um, Mary Anning came along before Richard Owen and before the Bone Wars and, and she discovered dinosaurs, it's like, well... Uh, well, you're saying okay. she didn't. So, I mean... I, I'm saying I'm not convinced that she did. It's just a myth to me. It's just a, it's just a myth. It's, a, it's like a religious myth to me, this Mary Anning story. 
Sea she sells seashells well, by the seashore. You know, it's very easy to just dismiss it as a myth. I mean, what what does it have to be to be evidence if it's historical? What what qualifies it if, if it's historical? Well, before I would believe it, or, I'd or want to inspect it. Dismiss all historical evidence. Well, before I would believe it, I'd want to inspect it. I'd want to be able to inspect it. Mary Annie wasn't writing any scientific papers. I'll put it to you like that, right? And if you're saying that her fossils are on display at the National History Museum, great. The first thing I've got to do is find out how long have they been on display? Because if they've, if they've only been on display for the last 100 years, then what were they doing in the, in the interim? Do you know what I mean? I'm not just going to take these people's stories on face value. That's what you do if you have faith. I don't have faith in these people, dude. Mm, okay. I, I, I think that's a pretty, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess that's your way of doing things. It seems a bit, so I I know, need a bit impractical. I mean, how can you... You need faith in the, what you're given. Because we're, we're just not, we've, we've not got the capacity under, like, we can't experience everything these people have experienced in the past. Sometimes we have to give our faith to these professional people, GLB. That's the thing. I had, like I've explained this a few times, but I had cataract surgery in one of my eyes. And um, I, I never knew the guy's, um, how much experience he's had, the surgeon. I never, I had to put my faith in the surgeon, putting a knife in my eye. I never knew, I never knew, had all the evidence that he went to, um, medical school or he read all the books he should have read. I've never seen any evidence that he's done any operations beforehand. But I had to put my faith into that guy's experience and go under the knife. And at the end of it, my life was better for it. And that was because I put my faith, blind faith, complete blind faith in that person. I think we all do all the time, and I think that's that's the problem with that JLB is it, if you can't apply it consistently, is it um, is it valuable? Well, I mean, to take um, Jed's example, right? That's a practical example of something that he's done in his life where he's had faith in another person who has performed a physical operation, right? Mm-hmm. And and you guys seem to be trying to suggest that there's an analogy between that and me sitting here and being told by someone that they have a theory about how the world started or where I came from or these creatures that used to exist. I'm not so sure that there's an equivalence there. It seems like a false equivalence to me. And even in the case of Jed's operation, was it really blind faith or does he have reason to infer from previous life experience that people who call themselves doctors in England or in Scotland are usually doctors? Maybe not always, but he's got reason to infer. He's actually got a past track record with these people telling him the truth in a way that was verified. They've fixed up a cold in the past or they've fixed up a cough in the past or they've fixed up a broken arm in the past or something. So he's slowly but surely built up an evidence base that these people might know what they're talking about. I'm not so sure that's analogous to me sitting here listening to a supposed paleontologist tell me that they know. I didn't have to see any evidence. I just knew the guy was an eye surgeon and that's that's all it was. I didn't have to dig into the guy's history or where where he had where he learned his um, trade or anything like that, like sometimes what what the the issue was was faith. Sometimes you do have to put faith. If you go around this world with that kind of logic, where you're not you're not going to believe anything unless it's right in front of you. Um, it's I think well, it's let, let's also kind of interject here that that these are the best theories of science, right? These are not the facts, and yes, you can argue that. A lot of people walk around the general public thinking that, yeah, these are facts, okay? But they are theories, and I do respect them as the best man can do, being that, you know, me and John and Jim, we, we all just 
dude, we are all born into this and this is madness. Whatever this is reality, <laughs> trying to explain it is madness. So, uh, you know, I, I just kind of respect them in that they've come up with something that they can represent with empirical data, with what they say, you know, with stars and, and their movements and stuff. So, you know, you do have to take it on faith, but I don't be- really necessarily believe in these uh, theories. JLB, I'm, I'm interested. What, what, what do you believe in now? Uh, I heard you saying that you think the heliocentric model is ridiculous. So what is it that you now, you now uh, sort of believe yeah, that's a fair question. Well, I'll say on the cosmological question, right, I'll, um, what I'll do is I'll try and post something in the next couple of days because people keep asking me this now that I've started attacking or no, criticizing. stop saying this, man. Stop saying this. I've heard you saying this every time. I'll, I'll post it on my webpage and stuff. Just tell us, man. Stop being a bit of bitch, man. Just tell us. No, that's, what, a fair call, man. that's a fair call. I, I see what you're saying, right? Look, I have the thing is I have explained this now twice live on the air, right? And it's like I don't want to bore people repeating the same story, but if I had to make it concise for you like this, I, uh, I think flat Earth is ridiculous, and um, I think a lot of people involved in it are well-meaning. But the phenomenon that we can see for ourselves and experience, there's no there's no flat Earth map or model. There never will be because they just there's too many contradictions, right? In terms of heliocentrism, I think it is a if you accept a few assumptions, it's a model that can work, right? It can make predictions, and if you accept a few uh, assumptions, you can even use it as some kind of exp- explanatory model for what we see. You can if you want to accept those assumptions, but you don't have to. You could just as easily explain the observable phenomenon and make correct predictions about the future, about what's coming on, just as easily using a geocentric stationary ball Earth model, right? Just as easily. Now, that that's a model, okay? Heliocentrism is a model. Flat Earth, they don't even have a model, but if they did, it would still just be a model. Geocentrism is just a model, and the map is not the terrain. So if I give you a map of Queensland, and you can use that to predict where you'll be if you head north, uh, northwest for, for 100 kilometers. Uh, and it can be used very, very well for predictions. It doesn't mean that you live on that map. It's just a map. It's just something that you can use as a tool to help you understand where you are. So it is with a stationary ball Earth geocentric model. It doesn't mean you actually live on a globe and that if you walk 10,000 kilometers one way, you'll be upside down. It doesn't, it's not that you actually live there. It's just a model to explain observed phenomenon. And in that sense, it's scientific. Now, if you can do the same things with both heliocentrism and geocentrism, why would I choose geocentrism? Because of empirical, uh, because of my senses. I don't sense spin, I like thousands of kilometers an hour and all this kind of, I don't sense it. They'll say, oh, but that's because of gravity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I also don't accept that some dude 200 years ago could weigh the entire earth with heavy balls hanging in a shed. That's utterly ridiculous. That's neither you here nor that. there. You, you need that for gravity. Okay, no. so I'm not interested in this gravity nonsense. I don't feel spin. Okay, I don't sense spin. Empirically, it seems to me like we're stationary. That accords with the stationary ball Earth model. That, that's my explanation in like two minutes. So you think it's a geocentric model? Uh, yeah, well, if, if I had to give it a word. But the problem with geocentrism is there's this guy called Robert Sungenis, who is like the leading geocentrist. I heard him He's on a Globuster show, actually. Yeah, and it was pretty funny because he kind of... Um, it was. Have you ever seen two boxers knock, knock each other out with a right hook? <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of like that because... They had some good points to make about his stupid beliefs in NASA and about, you know, the sun. He still, basically, his model is that everything the heliocentrists say is correct, except it's the Earth that's in the middle, right? Everything else is true. NASA's real. The, all the um, things that they've sent into space are real. All this nonsense, right? So they were able to roll him on his belief in NASA, but he was able to roll them with their stupid flat Earth, not according with observed phenomenon, right? So, so it was like two, two right hooks. John, are, are, are you inferring that all of NASA is... 
fake. Well, I don't know what you mean by fake. They release videos, you know what I mean? Uh, from what I understand, they send people out to schools and, and they have, um, you know, children who um, who get to ask these no, uh, I'm questions. About the video. And, like, these people exist. Which All video? of the video you're inferring is fake because NASA is fraudulent, right? Well, I don't believe that there's um, people who live in a <laughs> in a giant Coke can uh, flying around the around the Earth. I don't believe that kind of stuff. No. So the video footage well, they give look, us of that. Look, this to, this to all silly. is on your philosophical basis that basically you have to, uh, in your terms of empiricism, basically have to uh, you know observe it and touch it and smell it yourself. So basically, your standards of evidence are just as impossible uh, to prove heliocentrism too or no, that's not know, true. it being better yeah it is then a flat example i've never been to the united states right? i've never been i've never been to the united states but i'm happy to infer that there is this place where people live potentially millions and millions of people live where their technology is very similar to here and i'm talking to one or two people from from the us right now even though i've never been there right i'm happy to make that inference based on past life experience i haven't got no solid proof i can't smell america i can't touch it i've never smelt or touched it I'm happy to infer that it's there, though. It's not about faith. It's just about an inference. This could all be a deception. You guys could all be in, uh, in an ASIO parking lot in Canberra, for all I know. But it seems to me more likely that you, uh, Tim, are in America or South America, wherever you are, right? Even though I've never physically touched it. It's just an inference, right? But I've got no, um, yeah. I've got no passion to, to argue the point. If someone came and said to me, oh, you can't prove that he's actually in America, I'd be like, no, I can't prove it. It's just an inference that I'm drawing. You see what I'm trying to say? You could be yeah. in a car park in Canberra right now in, in, in Asia. And that's the difference between me and people who believe in heliocentrism or believe in flat earth. They've got this belief that they have to defend and proselytize. And I'm like, no, no, I, I believe that Tim is in America. But if you don't, I don't care. It's a, I, I could be wrong. I've got no real proof. It's just an inference. Why are you uh, specifically bringing up me and in America? Well, because I have been to the UK, so I know that that place exists. <laughs> so I can't use Jed as an example, and I think Jen Panda is there as well. Right? I think so you're going I somewhere have... else with that. But let me let me bring up since you think that the whole moon landing was a hoax. So, so do you do you believe that that was all just a fiction? All the telemetry, all of the actual data, everything, the the rockets that were shot up that people could see, um, everything is a hoax. So d- does that mean that it's all fake? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. The Apollo missions, nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy two, amusingly fake. When you, when I look at that footage these days, I think to myself, "Wow, uh, they really don't even have to put much effort into this, do they?" Like, so long as it's on the TVs, the people. So, do you understand it, like, where your empiricism breaks down, though, John? Because explain it to you, me. You're making many inferences because you can't empirically touch, taste, and smell things. So, what kind of what kind of logic is that when really? The Earth is big. The, the universe is big, no matter if it's geocentric or heliocentric. So, uh, I mean, how 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 is that logic relevant? I'm not I'm not sure you've actually pointed out a flaw in the logic. And like when you say that the I'm universe saying, is big, like I don't believe the universe. You don't is big. believe things because you can't empirically see them. I can't I can't Correct. empirically see the United States, dude. But I believe it's there. I could be wrong, but I believe it's there. So you don't believe people went to the moon because you couldn't empirically see it and it looks fake to you. No, and that's not why you, I don't believe You also don't believe people are in the ISS, though we can see it and track it um, and actually see it. It's up there, um, but you, no. you just think it's all fake. It's all a hoax. No, the, the moon landing is, there, I, but... 
nope, humans are there. The moon landings, there's more problems than just the fact that I haven't been there. Like, I don't take it for granted that the moon is a solid physical object where anyone could go. Like, where, where did you first start believing that? You were raised to believe that, right? Whereas when I look up at the moon... Well, do solid objects at. have shadows when cast on, with a light? Sh- uh, sh- do solid objects have yeah. shadows? Yeah, of course. Okay. So there's craters and there are shadows and they do correlate with the sun. Sure, but position. I can show you a 2D image with shadows and it's just a 2D image, right? Well, there's lunar libration, which you can see more, 59% of the moon, right? So how do you explain that? Well, that's what they You're... say. That's what they say, but I've never gotten my telescope out and double-checked Oh, that. you have haven't you? done it. So, okay, I got you. I, see, like, this is where this logic leads, though. But like, have you, this is where this logic vibration. leads. No, no, no. I, I can actually not deny everything that I see. So I can actually look at people's work and take their word for it. Who's Many work? different. Who's, who did the lunar vibration uh, work that convinced you? On lunar vibration? Well, uh, NASA for one. It was NASA who convinced Complete you. Complete hoax. No, there's others. Like that's, People, like that's you can right. do like it yourself. If, you could do it yourself if you wanted to. Could I? Yeah. So then how come you haven't? Because it doesn't interest me. I, I don't have to deny everything to, to have my belief uh, substantiated in such illogical ways. Your standards of evidence so are So what was ridiculous. it that convinced you about the moon landings? Like what, which part of the footage was it that most convinced well, you? Well, actually, if you watch Jim Pandas, no, Jim Pandas' channel might change your mind about some things. It really will. Because he doesn't, he doesn't go with the uh, you know, typical hoaxer, uh, you know, something happened to the way to the moon like you do. Or, or maybe uh, clues for him or anything like that. He actually uh, does research on the fact. Dude, something happened on a way to moon. That's Bart Sabrell, man. He's a joke, dude. Like, I don't, I don't You've use You've used his for... arguments before. Which arguments? Uh, have you not used low Earth orbit through the window? I don't remember using that one. And if I did, I'm renouncing it. I don't remember using that one, though. Good. Uh, well, well, that's cool. all you... Yeah, cool. One thing I would say, though, John, is... I think that you know that uh, America is there. I think if you, I think you have a justified true belief, and and that's, you know, often how knowledge is defined. I, I think it is a belief, but I think it's justified, and it and if it happens to be true, then it's knowledge. Yeah, I think it's a justified belief as well. That's that's why I hold the belief. But I have never felt or touched uh, the United States. I call I him a people... skeptical empiricist. That's that's what I'll call him. He's he's, he's skeptical. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, you can't know some things, John. You'll never know anything, uh, probably because we won't go to space. So that's all X'd out for you. So too bad. Yeah, but, and it's, uh, and it's like if someone did put me on a rocket ride. Hypothetically, someone actually said, "That's it. This JLB dude. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it so that he cannot deny this anymore." We'll put him in a rocket and we'll fly him into space. And I got there. I'd be like, oh, I was wrong. All right. Well, when I get back, I'm going to have to tell everyone I was wrong. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be a big deal to me. I think a lot of people, though, they've got so much of their, like, so much of their ego is inv- invested in their beliefs. That's why they have to thrash and deny and, and argue and fight because it's all about their, the way that they identify themselves in the world. Their beliefs are who they are. Whereas for me, it's like, well, these are my beliefs. Here's why. If you don't agree, that's totally sweet. We can talk about it if you want. It's not a big deal. And when I get proven wrong, I'm wrong. Just like when those dudes, because I was like, that example again. Where I was like, that study says that they can prove that we all come from Africa and they've got no Africans in the study. I was wrong. There was like two Africans in the study, which to me is still ridiculous. John, how I big of wrong. a sample? I was yeah, wrong. yeah, you say that, you say that, but how big of a sample size is if you, if you have one black person? How, how much, what is a good uh, sample size for you? That's a good question. Thousands. That'd be a bare minimum for me. Thousands. 
Well, I, I guess I could argue for more than two. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and the point is for I was sure. wrong. And like as soon as those dudes told me that I was wrong, I was like, well, hold on, guys. Let's go and check. Like I could be wrong. Let's go and check. Let's bring up that paper. I haven't looked at it for a few months. Let's go and look at it right now. You know what I mean? Live on the air. Well, you would need you would need literally would black people from from you would need black people from like different parts of the world, like Africa. You'd want even you would have to you know have all. I mean, you'd go to America everywhere where black people are, uh, you know, indigenously or not. And no, I mean, I mean, take a step back because from two China. people is not. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, take a Go step ahead. back from trying to verify the, the study. I mean, just the study itself. Like, I was factually incorrect about what the study said. And so I was happy to double-check it live on the air with these these dudes who were arguing the opposite point. And as soon as we identified, actually, it says there, two, two Africans, not zero. I was like, oh, I was wrong. Two Africans. Thank you. Thank you for pointing out that I was wrong. Thank you. Like, that's you've done me a favor. Whereas most people, if you point out logical problems with their belief system or evidence problems with their belief system, they get angry at you. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's, it's emotions-based belief versus evidence-based belief. And I think that's why when we're children in school, they don't give us the evidence for dinosaurs. They get us to believe in the dinosaurs, in Ducky and Spike and all the rest of them. Because from that point forward, for most people, there's no coming back, ever. Jed, you still there, buddy? Jim? I'm still here, man. Yeah. I was just... Okay. I just didn't know why you say something because usually when I talk, someone else starts talking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aye, but um, aye, JLB makes some good points. Like I've, I've got to agree with him with the first moon landings. I'm very sceptical. Maybe they've been back since. I'm not totally sure. But those first ones look a joke. I'd uh, love to say you that. The, the technology. That, but like I said, I'm, I'm open to look at evidence to say it otherwise. But even the astronauts themselves are a bit, come on, look at us, this buzz guy. He's, 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 a, he's a walking clown. Well, I mean, what I, what I could do, I would like to, I've not actually done this yet, but I have got what I consider to be a lot of evidence that, that is independent of NASA. Nice. So, <clears throat> so for instance, um, I mean, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> mention it quickly, but I, I have got, uh, you know, documentary evidence to support this. But w- with Apollo, various bits of it could be seen with the naked eye. I mean, obviously, people saw the launches. But once it was launched, they did things like fuel dumps in, in space that, that people just saw. Um, and they were able to spot those and take photos of them. Put, you know, things appeared in the press about it. But, you know, correlated with the times that NASA were telling us that these, these things were happening. Um, so there's various accounts like that from various places. And then NASA used um, oh about I think about a thousand amateur and professional astronomers all around the world to basically track the missions. So they, um, uh, you know, told them roughly where they would be flying, and um, uh, these astronomers tracked them, and they were able to see and take photographs of. Uh, the spacecraft in flight all the way to the moon. Um, so there's that evidence. There are also people that r- did radio tracking, you know, amateur uh, radio ham people. Um, uh, lots of accounts from amateur astronomers that um, weren't connected with the NASA project that were printed in uh, various astronomy magazines and things like that. Um, uh, uh, accounts from Russians who... 
uh, were looking to do their own lunar missions, so decided to use the American, the Apollo missions, as an opportunity to test their ability to, uh, uh, you know, uh, receive a radio signal from from a, uh, that distance. Um, so, uh, and then beyond that, there were also um, accounts of, of uh, the re-entries that were seen from aircraft. So. Um, a lot of that actually was in your part of the world, John. Um, well, so- John can't touch it or smell it or see it, so he's going to be skeptical <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's not fair because, I mean, when we're talking about these fuel dumps, it's like how much fuel, how much excess fuel do these guys take with them on the way to the moon, dude? Like, what, what are you talking about? Well, um, now what's the reasoning behind the extra fuel? Um I can't remember. I can, I can, I can look into that. There is, there is a reason why they have extra fuel. I, I can't remember what it is, but they dump it before they go to the moon, but you know, to, to reduce the, uh, the, the weight. They also do some water dumps as well at times, but all Excess of this water as well. They're, uh, they're packing too much water and fuel. All, all of this stuff can be, can be seen, you know, I mean, people witnessed it, you know, it's, I mean, if if you're saying you know that's ludicrous, then you need to you need to suggest what it was these people were seeing in the sky and taking photographs of. Who were the people? Like, let's let's get our um, let's start from our, our first sort of premises. Well, here. like, like you say, I, if if I'm going to do it, I I've got documentary evidence for this. These these things are in newspaper reports at the times at, at the time and things like that. So you know, I could go through it all, but I, I'm not going to do it now. It's four a.m. and I feel like shit. And and it's yeah, that's fair enough. Well, dude, I've got to get going as well soon. I just got one question for you though, Jim Panda. Like, suppose suppose I moved uh, to England and moved next door to you, right? Right. And uh, you knew full well that I just did not believe pretty much anything that you were told at school. Pretty much, with some exceptions. You know what I mean? But um, but every now and then, I invited you over for a beer, or um, I bought a, a nice snooker table, invited you over for, uh, for some snooker. And, um, and whenever you came over, I never like, tried to change your mind, so long as you didn't try and change mind. Could we, could we be friends? Could we get along? Or would it be a deal breaker? Oh, uh, no, no, I'm sure we could get along. Ah, good, good. That's all I'm I haven't for. offended you, have I? I didn't. No, you're all right, man. You're, you're all right to talk to. There's, there's some good, there's some good um, as I call them, normies to talk to. And then, and then there's some bad ones, you know what I mean? And the good ones, yeah. uh, good value. And it used to be like that with the flat earthers as well, man. There used to be good flat earthers at all too, where yeah. you could just have discussions, right? Like right. the first few episodes of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, it was just a discussion. It was like, well, I believe this, why do you believe that? No problems, right? It, it hasn't always been the way that it is now, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. hasn't always been like this. I mean, I must admit, I am guilty of what you described. I do get emotionally attached to ideas, and I, I don't always know why. I mean, it isn't – I just like being right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we I, all do, man. It takes right. a, a big thing to, to admit that as well. And, like, I've but, been wrong. You've probably been wrong. Everyone who's yeah. being honest has been wrong about something. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's but, just part of being human. Why is it such a big deal? Well, when, when I was married, one of the most intense arguments I had with my ex-wife was about the popularity of the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not quite sure why I was emotionally attached to that idea. Um, I, just, I just think it's um, the, the first moon landings, and I think it suits the whole 
America versus Russia and JFK, he kind of set a deadline. And it just it just seemed can by him setting that deadline was it was it two years or four years or something like that? No, it's by the end of the decade, and he said it in sixty one. And what was it, sixty eight, sixty seven, sixty nine when when they landed. Uh huh. And it just seems like by setting that deadline, if they were never going to reach it, they could fake it now and then maybe do it for real, maybe a few years down the line. Um. I just, I just, I just think that added pressure on GFK saying by the end of the decade, I think it just it seems to fit in with the conspiracy as well. Yeah. Well, they I mean, had the whole big space race, guys. There was this big space race because America and the Soviets they were at war, guys. It was a cold war, but they were mortal enemies, you see. And so it was very important that the US uh, expand its military industrial complex because NASA is military. People do know this, I'm sure. So they have to expand their military to take on the evil Soviets who are doing the same thing with Sputnik. Guys, go and look up video footage of Sputnik. Go and look up a news report on Sputnik. It is laughable. But, of course, it's just like George Orwell told us. You have to be at war with another enemy because then your people will be scared and they'll let you do whatever you want. And so we've always been at war with East Asia or with Eurasia, whatever. It doesn't matter. And that's what the Cold War was. And the space race was part of that. It's all related, guys. It's all the same nonsense story that the masses are given. And it's like, do you actually believe that the American people get to elect a president who has his finger on a button that can evaporate millions of people instantly, right? That's what most normies believe. They believe that the president can press a red button and, or, or in a suitcase, whatever, twist a, twist a, a dial, and uh, nuclear bombs go off, right? And they also believe that that guy is elected by the hoi polloi, by the masses. It is absolute insanity, so you have, guys. you have disbelief then, correct? Well, I don't believe in that story. Yeah. You have you have a hundred percent absolute surety that it is the case that he does not correct. Well, I don't I don't know who uh, who runs a story uh, who runs a show, dude. Like I I have no idea at this point. It could be anybody. But the idea that that they would let the people elect a man who could just one day just press a button and uh, and that's the end of it. I mean, I'll give you an example, us, right? I was, chatting, I was chatting with a <laughs> I was chatting with a friend recently, right? A guy down in Melbourne, really nice guy, really smart guy. We went through university together. Haven't spoken to him for a while. First time I've spoken to him since Trump got in. And I didn't want to bring up politics because I knew that, because, you know, most of the guys I went to uni with, they're very left-leaning is how you might describe them, right? So there's no point in me talking about politics with him because, like, I detest left and right, right? But he, he brought up the Trump thing. Like, he was, he was genuinely dejected about Trump being in. And he even made a joke about, you know, how could they let that guy get access to the codes? And it's like, I didn't say, I didn't want to, I can cause a fight or anything, so I didn't say anything to him. But in my mind, I'm thinking, this this friend of mine, this this beautiful young man, relatively young man, a lovely guy, an intelligent guy, fully believes that some dude who the Americans elected was he and, possibly uh, speaking colloquially? I mean, it's kind of a joke, it, right? It, it is kind of a joke, but it's a joke based on what people believe, dude. And um, and I do think people believe this, and I'm quite confident he believes it. And I'm sure many people listening to this right now believe that they actually. How believe. can you justify what anyone believes, though? Just by talking to them, because that well, was a colloquial. Oh look, okay. So I, I know, I know my friend. I mean, you've never, you don't know this guy. I know him. I know what kind of things he believes. I'm making the inference that he really believes that. Maybe I should have said to him, "Dude, do you really believe Trump has access to the codes?" And and he might have said, "Oh, not really." But still, I don't want him to be in power because he's dangerous. Whatever. Like, who knows what he would have said? You should have went you with know, the new codes right after that. You you know, and I know that most people do believe this crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, we live 
to me, we live in a world surrounded by people who believe a lot of nonsense. You know what I mean? And they'll say that I believe nonsense. That's fine. But they're the ones who believe that the American people get to choose who presses a nuclear bomb button and kill millions of people. And the reason why that's relevant is because it, it ties into the space race. All of this ties in together, guys. All of it. Like even, even just intercontinental ballistic missiles, right? Oh, they can put these uh, nuclear uh, warhead payloads on an intercontinental ballistic missile and they can fire them and they could wipe out a city and not even be near the city and, and millions of people will die, right? So, GLB, Inter- do you think um, nukes are fake? Of course they're fake. Yep, 100%. What do you think of that, Jeremy? Jeremy. He's passed out. He's asleep. Sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. Um, I sighed then. <laughs> um, we've, of we've course got, the nukes are real. Of course nukes are real. We've got, footage, we've got footage of houses being blown over. Haven't right. you seen the house get blown over? It's uh, a nuclear what, bomb, guys. What evidence do you have that they're fake? Well, it's, the burden of proof isn't on me. They're the ones claiming they've got these weapons that can kill millions of people. That The burden of proof is on them. And what proof have they given you that they've got ah, these it's devices? It's a flat earth tactic, isn't it, John? <laughs> <laughs> From the skeptical empiricist, it's the flat earth tactic you just pulled. No, like what evidence do any of you guys have that these weapons are real? Well, I, <laughs> I, 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 think it's a, I think it can be reasonably inferred in the way that you reasonably infer that America exists. Sure, I, sure. Like, give me your inferences. Like, what are, what are the what are the premises that you draw the inferences from? Um, test them, test them, Yeah, I, I guess I guess the footage is part of it. I guess um, uh, I, I don't know the the aircraft that were built to to uh, carry the weapons. Um, you know what I know about the existence of the of weapons. What I know about the existence of rockets. Um, hey, hey, John. You know, uh, you're, you're sort of suggesting the idea that a rocket could go from one country to another is some sort of ludicrous, preposterous idea. And, and you know, that's why I ask you for evidence of that because that, you know, we we see rockets go up all the time. It doesn't seem preposterous that you could send one high enough that it would, you know, follow a its ballistic trajectory and and fall down in another country. That why why is that not possible? I guess that part's plausible, but the idea with rockets is that they're meant to be targeted, right? Now, why do people believe that these rockets can travel long distances with any accuracy? Why do they believe that? Oh, they've got these heat-seeking missiles. I saw it in Top Gun. You know what I mean? I saw it in Independence Day, right? Because we put man on the moon in 1969, bro. Come on! Seriously, we did. And you know it, man. You're being a... Yeah, 1969, right? We had... um, What was his name? Um... What was the guy? Uh, Werner von Braun, right? Werner von Braun, go back and watch footage of him oh and ask me if that's a real German accent. Anyway, so this guy, Werner von Braun, was in charge of the V-2 rockets, right? <laughs> the, the V-2 rockets in, in World War II that the Germans fired across the, cri- fired across the, the sea to, to England, right? Oh. A thousand of these V-2 rockets that they fired. <laughs> go, go and look into this stuff, right? Go and look into the footage of these V-2 rockets, right? And then remember that George Orwell wrote about in 1948, he wrote about how there would be these fake explosions <laughs> that the government would want to scare the, to scare the populace, right? And then uh, Winston's, Winston's uh, girlfriend says to him, have you ever wondered if these rockets are the real deal? And Winston is like, um, 
you know what? I never really have. And people never do. They never wonder if all this gadgetry is the real deal. They just John, it is studies. 1984 reality because I think he does make reference to geocentrism, doesn't he? Well, he talks about how, like when uh, Winton is being sort of interrogated or kind of tortured by the, the main right. dude, this guy talks about how, like, do you think it's beyond our scientists to come up with a dual system of astronomy? Do you know what I mean? And this is like what I was saying to you guys before. It's like the heliocentrism model, if you just accept a few assumptions, uh, can, ex- can make predictions and can explain what we see. It can if you just accept a few assumptions. But so can geocentrism without the assumptions. So it's like that's a dual system of astronomy right there. Same thing with dinosaur bones, dude. In the exact same interrogation, this uh, main dude is interrogating the, the protagonist of the book. Same thing with the dinosaur bones. It's like, what, you don't think that, that our scientists are good enough to put those there? Like, come on, man, give us some credit here. We can make all of this shit up. And of course they can. No one's asking questions, man. No one wants to be the, like, there's, an, there's this old saying in Chinese that goes something like, um, it's the nail that's sticking out that gets hammered. And I think a lot of people, that's how it is. They just don't want to step out of line. Like, they just want to they go with the flow. And they just can't believe that there could be a deception this large taking place. And it, you can see this even on smaller scales with the flat earth believers. It's like, no way. If the Lobebusters and all of the others, if they were all just, just in this for money and for attention and, and like, like, no way. Like, we'd know by now. It's just this is what humans do. They cannot believe that they can be deceived. They cannot believe they can be deceived. And that's why they're so easily deceived. Anyway, I've got to get going, guys. This has been fun. Jed, thanks so much for having me, man. I've got to get no going. Problem. Do you mind if I um do you mind if I re-upload this? Is that cool with you? No, that's cool, mate. Um uh, thanks for coming on and you've been you've been a great guest. Uh, it's been a privilege to have you we, on, mate. We, what we have to do is we have to all um say nasty things about each other before I leave. Otherwise people <laughs> will think we're all on the same team. So uh <laughs> so so Jed, I hate your claymation videos, man. I think there's <laughs> uh Jim uh, Panda, well I mean you're enormous, so we're natural enemies, but I think we can yeah. be friends. And <laughs> and uh, old mate Timmy Osman, dude, we, we you, I reckon you're all right, dude. I reckon you're just trolling. Honestly, I reckon you're an all right guy. But um, yeah, fuck you, dude. You can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was interesting. Gotta, it was. Yeah, I got to love JLB. Yeah, that's probably the best conversation I've had with JLB. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, well, he... I don't know. He has this way, doesn't he, of sort of, I don't know, there's a sort of mocking tone, isn't there, sometimes to, if you want to believe that, that's up to you, you know. It's kind of like he, he isn't being as charitable as the words that he's saying uh, suggest, you know. He's, he's, got, he's got a lot of conspiracies under his belt, man. Oh I yeah, did, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I absolutely love so many of the things that he says. So a lot of what he says about flat Earth, I think he's spot on with. You know, um, and it just pisses me off so much because I agree with him so much. And then when I'm at, when I'm at the receiving end of it, he makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he's just very good at what he does. I think he he knows he's making you know people angry and. Look, logic breaks down with a skeptical empiricist. It's done. It's over. He's exposed. <laughs> Seriously, man. It's explosion. And it's a, it's a good philosophical stance. That's basically what he's doing. He's taking a, philosoph- a philosophical stance. But right. that really can only lead you to so much truth. And maybe it will be more objective in the end. But sometimes, shit, man. I don't know. Ar- argumentum ad populum. 
Tim, answered it there. Would you right. like, like what, what would we have to do as as men to find out about dinosaur bones being fake? What would we have to do on a personal scale to find this out for ourselves without relying well, I think that's on what he's doing. So there you have it. A very interesting conversation indeed. And once again, we see the benefit of having people involved in a conversation who don't agree with each other, but are willing to listen to what each other have to say, are willing to try to answer the questions that are asked. And between the four of them, even if they're not coming to uh, one cohesive conclusion, it gives the listener something to think about while they're listening. And that is one of the many reasons why I love the MP3 format and the idea of podcasting things and what have you. If you can listen to this kind of thing while you're out going for a walk or on public transport on the way to work or doing whatever it is that you do, I think it does allow your mind to think about the concepts in a way that is very difficult if you're sitting in front of a computer screen. I've said it before and I'll say it again, one of the best things that's uh, come about for me as a result of looking into these things over the last few years is that I have gotten into the habit of going for regular walks and listening to podcasts And I try to find calls like the one that you just listened to with other people where I can listen to two or three or four perspectives, try and see where people are coming from, see if I can identify maybe some logical flaws in their thinking or wonder if they're assuming that evidence exists that doesn't really exist and try and test my own thoughts. And I'm hoping that that's what people are doing when they listen to my material. So a big thanks to Jed Skeptic for hosting the broadcast and for the permission to re-upload. I will link to his channel in the info box below so you can go and check that out for yourself. I will link to Tim Osman's channel as well, but he tends to create and destroy his channels every couple of months. And I understand that Gem Panda has a channel as well. You'll find the link to that in the info box as well. So that's it for now. I think I'll call this probably uncategorized call or something like this. I'm not too sure, but uh, I hope that you have enjoyed it. Please do leave your feedback in the comments below, whether it's good or bad. I'm still trying to improve what I'm doing and I'm always open to suggestions on how I can improve the experience for the listeners at home or wherever you are around the world, but it is time to get going. So on the 17th of February, 2017, John the Bond signing off. And until next time, you guys take care of yourselves.